Welcome to Align Your Practice, an exploration of the seamless relationship between the business of chiropractic and the future of natural health care. Join us as we engage with an array of talent, from seasoned experts to passionate new entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. All right, welcome to the Align Your Practice podcast. This is your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. I'm excited today to have Dr. Brian Woolley on the call. How are you doing, Doc? Fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I was able to actually spend some time with you and the kids last week, went to visit Brian's new practice, and that's what, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to go from your starter practice to your dream practice. So I was uh, itching to see this uh, mastermind build out of this enterprise-level practice. So, uh, so let's dive in, Doc. I think it'd be fun to start on the starter practice. Like yeah. you get an out of school, uh, you know, maybe you didn't have a construction background or a finance background, <laughs> didn't know anything about opening a practice or financing or building one, but, uh, or being talk- a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out how to adjust some bones really is the biggest yeah. fear, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell me how it felt. Like, go back to that if you can. Like, take yourself back and let's go to the starter practice. We have people on this call that are students that are like, like, how do you start a practice? I've never ran a business. I've never had a job, some of them. Uh, so it's it's daunting to even think about starting a practice. But let's take you back there and use the Aligned Life system. So there was definitely some leverage and, and guidance in there. But guide us through a little bit about uh, the experience. Yeah, I didn't even want to start a practice, man. <laughs> I was out of school, and I just wanted to see patients. I just wanted to get to be a doctor, and I had a job lined up. Uh, I was getting ready to graduate in like two months, and then all of a sudden, the doc pulled the plug at the last second, uh, pulled the offer, and I was reeling. I'm just handing out resumes to every doctor in town and um, got to a chance to interview at your practice in Peoria and um, met the guy that uh, ended up starting with practice right out of school. So um, it worked out perfectly, but boy, it was a stressful couple months, and I got to be an associate in the line life system for a year and a half. And that way I didn't have to figure it out on my own. I got to just learn, you know, how to, how to be a doctor really, and not even try to learn how to open a practice. And then it didn't take long before um, those entrepreneurial instincts kicked in and realized that I wanted to, to have my own practice in my own hometown. So, so were you not planning on opening or just not right away? Or did you not know? Honestly, man, in my brain, I was, I had my mind made up that I was going to be associate forever. I was going to be just, you know, show up, see patients and, and be a doctor and never even considered that as an option in the short term, maybe in the long term, but years and years, maybe a decade, you know, down the road. Cause you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know and trying to figure out, you know, how, the idea of running a practice on top of being a doctor and building a practice um, was like two separate worlds for me, but it came close and they tied in very closely, very quickly. Um, just in the year and a half I spent as an associate, um, with that doc, but also learning the systems and realizing um, how simplified, you know, a line life makes it to be able to make that transition. And then it became crystal clear that that was a possibility. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I appreciate that conversation because I think it's, it's like a rite of passage when you get out of school. Everyone has to open a practice and it's not true. A lot of docs want to be a doctor. And I think we yeah. have to edify the practitioner that there are amazing practitioners out there that do great work, that can have a great career and not have to go through this daunting experience of opening and running a business because that may not be what they want to do, right? I mean, it's okay to, to be a doctor. It's an awesome profession. 
It absolutely is. And even having that on-ramp to know that that's a possibility. Like, I can remember being in school and looking around and thinking, well, they've got it set because their doc's or their dad's a chiropractor or their uncle is, and they have a place and a transition and a legacy to step right into. And if I didn't have that personally, it was like, well, you just got to find a job, brother. You just got to find a way to be able to, to be a doctor. The idea of being able to do that on my own um, was something that just seemed not only terrifying, but almost impossible, you know, right out of the gates, let alone a year and a half after graduating. Yeah, when I look at your, uh, we, we talk a lot on the podcast about profiling, behavioral assessments, like the PDP profile. And uh, if I remember correctly, I think you were one uh, high extroversion and low pace patients and low compliance. Is that correct or no? And low dominance. It was, I'm, I'm high pace patient, pay, high pace patients, low compliance <laughs> and low dominance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird dynamic to be a person okay, yeah. being and running a practice. So, uh, but using the Align Life system, like I remember when we uh, helped you secure that practice, I remember we negotiated a great deal, saved you a lot of money, got you into practice. And uh, I think it was kind of hard to follow the systems due to your behavioral profile, but you did, you stayed in the game, you did. And I think it's when you got a, a manager that offset your weaknesses and, and built on your strengths is that is that really what happened? Cause you really grew to a, a great successful business, but uh, I see people at low compliance and it makes me nervous to come into the organization because it's a systems based process. So talk yeah. me through that. Was it innately a struggle with systems and, and was it staffing or, or give me your thoughts? It was, uh, it wasn't linear. I'll tell you that, man. Like, you know, it would get to a point of, of growth and then it would level out. And that level out stage was, where I, where I was holding too tight, where I was trying to do it my way, when I was trying to um, um, control everything and have my influence and, and finger on everything. And those periods of growth, when I look back, it was either I drill back into training or I added a team member or we utilized, you know, leveraged some sort of, you know, technology that Align Life, you know, did something like that, that made me get out of my own way and then start to, to trust and, and hand those pieces over to different um, either um, team members or people on the corporate team at Align Life. Um, but it was, it's like, those, you know, you probably remember this in practice too, like those periods of growth where you're like, I've got this figured out and I, I have it mastered. But then the problem is once you have that mastered, you just have that space mastered. Maybe your team doesn't have that mastered. And I can remember like for trainings, like, you know, we would do Align Life trainings like every single week. And, you know, I would be on the trainings like every single week for like the first year and a half or two years. And then in my brain, it's like, well, I know the scripts, I know this training, so why do I need to be on this? And I would pull back and pull my team back too. And what I realized is even if I'm fluent in this stuff, my team still needs to be a part of this. And we have to create a culture where it's a practice you know, mindset where you know, literally you show up and you go practice to refine your craft. Not just you and not just you and not just you, but all of us uh, together. And like you said, well, uh, the, the biggest uh, level up for our practice was bringing on Stacy, who's our office manager and who's training to be our COO now. Um, she completely leveled up our practice because then I got to pull myself away from tasks like, you know, training the team and running the team that got to be her, you know, brainchild. And then I got to set, you know, um, more focus on vision and being able to, you know, um, plan and prepare and have a vision for what the next step is as opposed to just trying to grow. And that was my mindset for five, six years. And it would just grow with brute force and pain and struggle and uh, a lot of scar tissue. 
So, so if we go through those cycles, like, uh, and we hear this a lot at the remarkable practice that launch, build, scale, exit, flow, right? So we talked a little about the launch, it being where, you know, you had the guidance, you got into practice. And I, I mentioned a little about the uh, systems being a little bit harder, but you did follow them. Let's stop there for a second. Um, was it because you're just a competitive person? You like to win because you were, you're an athlete, you were into sports. Yeah. Is is it that because I'm not a cyst compliant person on my profile and it takes me having to really want to make impact or I had some mindset in order to be like really laser focused on a system and I can do it. It just takes me more energy than than somebody else that's a high compliant person. How did you navigate that? Was it your mindset? Yeah, launch, launch was simple and launch was short um, because, you know, I mentioned how I was an associate for a year and a half before I opened this practice in okay. Springfield. And so I was living an hour away from that practice. And so if I was going to build my own, you know, practice as a, you know, you know, associate IC, I had to go find those patients. So I was already in those rhythms of you're doing this screening, you're doing this health fair, you're doing this uh, farmer's market. And then that mindset. And in the beginning, I just said yes to everything. <laughs> I would literally go anywhere with a table, a chair, um, just to talk and to try and launch, you know, this practice. And I'd done it, you know, the year and a half prior. So okay, it was basically right. repeating it and doing it the same thing in my own backyard where I had relationships and, and connections and, you know, opportunities to do that. So I was already, you know, still in that mindset anyway. It was just a matter of doing it again. And I'd already, you know, um, had the, 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 the wherewithal or the, the reps in one place to be able to repeat it again. I wasn't afraid of that part. It was the build. I stayed so, I spent so much time in um, build just because I thought I, I could and should and had to do it on my own. Would you recommend that to a student that's listening right now? Like to, if they're interested, interested in a line life, would you recommend them maybe spending some time or working a year inside of an existing clinic? What would be your advice? Yeah, I think that would be a brilliant idea. Just to, I, I guess it depends on the person, but um, if you're at all hesitant about opening your own practice and running your own practice and building a team, yes. The answer to that question I would say is yes. Because then you're learning those systems um, brand new and fresh. You're learning them as a doctor and you get to live in that doctor space so that when you start to branch out and to build and scale and build your team out, you've already got a fluency in a lot of the, the conversations and a lot of the um, uh, flow, you know, of, of what that, you know, practice and vision and building you know, looks like. So, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, at the same time, if somebody on this call is like, I am a high C, high D uh, or what high extroversion, high dominance person and I want to go out and start my practice now. Align life still has the tools that make you successful. It's just, you know, what you what you see for yourself and your vision. True, true. So you said launch was was easy because you had the experience that makes sense. And then you spent Let me rephrase. It wasn't easy, it was short. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't easy. Good. But it was I was in that for a short period of time. <laughs> we always say well we we won't make it easy, we just make it easier, but it's not mm -hmm. easy. <laughs> Yeah. That's all simple and easy aren't the same thing, yeah. <laughs> So, so you went into build and you, you scaled pretty well. What was the harder part, build or, or scale, like those between those two? Build, for sure, because I was stuck in my own way. And, you know, I, um, ego gets in the way of us, you know, especially when you start winning, especially when you start, you know, seeing those patient stories and, and seeing those changes and, and start to have a patient that, you know, stays around for six months and then they stick around for a year you start to think it's all you. It's, you know, it's the, it's the, the me show and, and, and I'm doing all of this. And it's easy to do that because you have, you're wearing all the hats. Like you're wearing the doctor hat, you're wearing the business owner hat, you're wearing the trainer hat, you're wearing the um, account hat, all of those things. Um, 
but then there gets to a point where when you keep doing that and the practice keeps growing and it keeps building, eventually it caps out at, you know, what your, you know, level of, you know, your, what your glass ceiling is in terms of, you know, being able to grow and continue to grow in that manner. And it can't, at least for me, you cannot, I cannot reach my vision by myself. And when I had that unlock moment of saying like, I'm literally going to burn out, um, I'm going to, you know, um, lose my passion for what I do. Um, the practice is going to start to contract and suffer because of it, or just on a personal aspect. I know we're talking a lot about, you know, practice in business right now, but you know, having the freedom and, you know, ability to, you know, be present dad and husband um, was something that I was starting to see, you know, that as well. The practice was pulling me away from that space, you know, and there was not alignment between those two things, the, the more that the practice built. And if something was going to change, I had to, uh, I had to, the, the disease of me had to go away and I had to be able to embrace um, building a team that's really good at helping me try to reach my vision, accomplish my goals. So the transition into scale is interesting to me because it's, it's scary because you're giving up some control to management. You're giving up control to another doctor that's seeing patients. It's a, it's a mindset change and it's, it's something that a lot of doctors don't experience. So I always say, if you're going to invest the time to do launch, please spend the time to learn how to scale because we're going to build a practice, whether we're an employer or an owner. But if you're an owner, the value of being an owner is the scale is because you can now leverage time. You could leverage uh, a team. You could leverage dollars. You could leverage and you could spend maybe a little more time with your family, a little more time with your social activities, a little more time just have some peace of mind because of the risks, the investments, the time you put in to launch this business. And, and it, it breaks my heart that many chiropractors just stay and build their entire career. And then at the end of the career, they just close their doors. And it's like they missed scale and they missed their exit. And it's like, oh, uh, that breaks my heart for the work that a, a chiropractor puts into build. So and for the uh, profession. Yeah. That's the profession. You don't leave yeah. that legacy for the next doctor. So that's a that's even a bigger point. Is we, yeah. we should be thinking legacy. Yeah, um, so yeah we like, become the, we become the bottleneck, Joe. You know, and, and if you get stuck in bill, you get stuck in scale. Like as doctors, we become the bottleneck to that next step of you know growth. And and so much of what I'm talking about is from my own personal mindset. But that same thing is true for the profession. That same thing is true for our patients. Like when when we're not willing to to be willing to grow or be willing to hand off and like you said, you know, delegate and leverage other team members and let them be awesome and be a part of that growth. Um, there's going to be bottlenecks and you're not going to serve and you're not going to accomplish what's possible for you. And most people, if, if it's students, you know, and, and people in, in launch and build right now, most people don't realize what's possible for them. And your idea of what you think you can accomplish um, is not even close to, you know, what's what you truly can. And it has to do with identifying your ability to, um, become less, you know, I must become less and the team and the practice must become more. And that was really hard for me because as I was pulling out of that space, it almost felt, um, like I was being lazy. You know what I mean? Like I would be on a, a call with somebody <laughs> and like, well, they're out doing the work and I'm in the back, not doing the work, Well, that's just wrong. And that takes, that's a struggle too, man. That's hard to wrap your brain around the idea of, um, not identifying yourself as the person bent over the table adjusting all day. And that's, that's not the only value that you bring to a practice into a business. And that's a, a hard transformation to go through as well when you transition from build to scale. Great points. Uh, you know, you underestimate what you can do. I remember Tony Robbins saying, 
we all overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we could do in a decade. So what we do is we think these grandiose goals in one year and we don't reach them. Then grandiose goals the second year, we don't reach them. We do it the third year, we don't reach them. Then it changes the psychology in your subconscious mind that you're not worthy or you can't. So instead, if we made shorter accomplishing goals, you know, bite off what we can chew, uh, meet the goal, meet the goal, meet the goal, then you fool your subconscious mind thinking that you can fail. What a great uh, trick to play in your mind that when you <laughs> set a goal, you're going to reach it every time. Then a decade later, you look back and you go, how the heck did I create this movement in my per, in my community of chiropractic, the, the, the prosperity for my family, the, the healing that's occurring? It's like you look back 10 years later, you're like, how did this happen, right? I mean, if you do it step by step, and I've been guilty of doing it in the one year goal being too large and then, you know, then it, then it kind of breaks you down a little. So those that are listening really chunk down that goal, hit that first year goal, refine your behaviors and then stretch the goal the next year. But it's all based on the change of, of behavior. There's two things I think, Brian, that, that you made me think of when you were talking about this scale is one is ego. I've been doing this for 20 something years and we help doctors, we get them to 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand. And then they do what you mentioned. You stop trading for a while. It's like, I get this. I know this. Yeah. And they think that's the end of the road. But it would be like a baseball player that's in college ball throwing the ball. And then all of a sudden they get to the major leagues and they go, dude, I got this. I've been throwing. I made it. I've been throwing since uh, Little League. I, I could throw the ball at first base. I I'm done with that practice. I mean, that would destroy his career, right? So yeah. you, you, you flipped it back in, and I see this happen in, in a line life. Either they regress when they stop uh, or they stagnate, and, and they, they just stay. They stay in ego, and they don't continue training. And I, it's beyond me, <laughs> uh, those that just stop, because <clears throat> we have to stay in the basics. The fundamentals of chiropractic is the same thing as the fundamental sports. But I appreciate you saying that. You had that realization. If you could speak yeah. into that a little, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, let me go back to that. So that point you just made about how like when you know you start getting good at something or full in something, you stop doing it. And when you were talking about like goal setting, I can have vivid memories of you know being you know two, three, four years in practice and refusing to set goals, only because I was either um, I was like, no, we're, the practice is producing. Like I'm not going to set silly goals that are you know menial to me. Or uh, more so probably, you know, what was true to me is that I didn't want to set goals to not reach the goals. So like this whole concept of like, you know, underestimating what we can accomplish and overestimating, I think it's important too for, um, if, especially like students and young docs to, to just start thinking along those lines right now of goal setting and just being willing to get uncomfortable enough to set goals. And, you know, you may hit them, you may not, but getting in that rhythm um, is something that I wasted years not doing. And it's not so much that, you know, it feeds the competitive spirit to say, I'm going to reach this, you know, goal and then hit it. But the practices, the procedures, the systems that you employ and the mindset and thinking and training and planning around trying to execute, you know, um, what you need to execute to reach that goal. That's where the juice is. That's where the win is. And it took me years to figure that out. So when we talk about like goal setting, it's not a financial goal to be able to hit a collections level, you know, or something. And maybe it is for you, but, you know, it, listening on the call right now, but for, for me, the realization came within, it's all the steps once you set that goal that you have to put into place to try and reach that goal. That's where the win is. You know, It's great if you hit the goal. If you don't, you're still refining, you're still building out, you're still planning, you're still taking 
time to empower your team and yourself to do what needs to happen to reach that goal. And that's where the win happens over years and decades. And, and I hope you're listening to this call right now. I hope if that, if that resonates with you, um, then, you know, start to put some of those goals into practice so that you can get those, those laps in. I like that, Brian. And it's, I like that you said it's not, even if it's not financial, the finances come when you, when you take care of people, you follow systems, the finances come, but making the goal more about where your growth is, your team or hitting, learning training and systems and process in order to deliver better care to patients, uh, more efficiencies, more structure. I think that's, that's awesome. The other point I I said that uh, ego gets in the way. The second thing I see is that people think just working harder and that's actually counterproductive (laughs) to work harder. You said it like I was bored. Yeah. Are you talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) Right now. You just work harder, harder. And it's actually counterproductive to work harder. You have to work less. And it's so wild to hear, but you said you struggle with that. It's so interesting. Yeah. (laughs) If you, if you get to a space where you are, you're becoming resentful based, you know, if you're dreading going to that um, marketing event, if you're dreading coming to work, if you're dreading that patient interaction, if you're dreading whatever that piece may be, I would challenge you to say that you're working too hard, you're holding on too tight, and you don't have either systems or people in place to help you accomplish and, and reach your goals. You're just, you're trying to do too much. That's such great advice, Brian, because uh, innately we just work harder. Like that's a humanistic uh, uh, action. Um, so let's let's end with uh, the dream practice. So you, yeah. you made a decision at some point. Listen, we either were busting at the seams or you had a vision of more doctors or something happened in your mind. It was some day where you said, you know what, I'm going to do this. Or you saw a piece of land or something happened. Take us back to that and then let's go into actually – really the cool little pieces of uh, what you're building and what you see for your future. Yeah. I'll just go right back to, you know, the conversation we were having a little bit ago about when I brought on an office manager, when Stacy started in our practice, um, it just skyrocketed. Like the growth just shot up and, you know, I want to double back on it. That's an office manager and that's not another doctor adjusting and seeing more patients. That's just a brilliant person who's brilliantly hardwired to be successful in that role and to execute things that I was trying to do on my own and be a doctor and run a business at the same time. So that was a one step that was so um, pivotal to our ability to grow and scale. Um, we brought her in, then there started to you know, exist a framework where we could bring on bigger and more uh, bigger team. So, you know, we started to diversify the team out and then had the ability to bring an associate on and then bringing on Dr. Jason, our associate, that was another level of skyrocketed scale from there as well. So, I talked about like how I, we grew and leveled and grew and leveled. I mean, we've been in a growth state for three years now, just, you know, from, you know, being able to um, serve more and have the capacity to build a team that can serve more. And then it just got to the point where physically, like um, we were having constraints in our space and, you know, we need to be able to do two new patient exams at the same time. Well, we only have one exam room. We only have one x-ray, you know? And so figuring out, um, you know, what that new space would look like, came through a lot of um, laps and struggles and, and you know, ways of trying to maximize efficiency. And I mean, like we said, we, we walked through the, the new practice uh, last week when you were down and every single step in that place is intentional. Like I can, I can visually like go to each room and, you know, in my brain, go to a specific instance of this worked perfectly and we cannot change this, or this was a hang up. This was, you know, a bottleneck in our practice, you know, other practice that we're going to have, you know, a plan for. And, 
I'm just excited to get into that space because every single room and the layout and the flow is so intentional from laps and struggles that we've had, you know, for years now. So I think we were talking off the, uh, you know, before we started the, the podcast about, um, uh, you know, is it okay to, is it, is it, is it a good thing just to start with your dream practice? If you had all the resources you needed, yeah, yeah. you know, could you just walk right into that practice, turn the key and, and, you know, have an amazing, beautiful practice, maybe, but I would argue that it's the laps and it's the struggles and it's the challenges and, and then you identifying, you know, efficiencies and, and flow changes that helps you be ready for that point so that you can understand, you know, a potential bottlenecks, but then anticipate them. Like that's the whole net level thing is you can start to see things, you know, setting in, anticipate what's coming around the corner and what change needs to happen, you know, six months from now, a year from now to be able to be ready for that too. Yeah. If you, if you were, if you had all the money in the world and you built this practice that you have, that you're building right now and you did it, when you were getting out of school, you and I talked off offline about it. And it's like, you'd have to hire the staff to, to run this giant office. You'd have to know how to onboard them. You didn't have to know how to train them, how to run KPIs, make sure their assets. I mean, it's a lot to learn all that. So I think it's uh, if you, if you get into practice guys and gals that are listening or you're, you're if you're a student is just get into the opportunity, make sure you're in the right system that matches your philosophy matches your core values innately feels like this is where I belong and then build, build inside of wherever you are until you reach a point like Brian did where he felt a, a rub here, a resistance here, a conflict here. And then you start to see the vision of that next practice. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. So your practice is opening uh, probably in the next six weeks or eight weeks, right? Yeah. Eight weeks. Yeah. Exciting, exciting. It's so exciting, yeah. And the patients are super, super stoked too. And that's what's been cool about this too is, you know, patients say, oh, I'm excited for you guys. And I'll turn around and say, I'm excited for you. Like, you know, we work hard <laughs> and we serve hard with our patients in this space now. And I tell them that, you know, this, this whole space is with them in mind. Like, how do we improve their experience even more so? So I'm excited for them to see it as much as I am for our team to exist inside of it too. That's awesome. So closing thoughts, someone that's looking at uh, whether they're existing in practice, uh, we're trying to educate people in the Align Life Service, what we do, how we do it, and how we can serve those doctors at different levels. Whether it be a student that's trying to just get out of the academic cycle right now and say, I need to find a place to work, finding them a job, or if they want to open a practice, or a doctor that just loves their work, loves their patients, but just is not dialed in with a system that's generating the prosperity or the impact to the community they want. Um, or the doctor that's ultra successful that wants to reproduce it, either build a, a large enterprise clinic or another route is multiple clinics. What would be some uh, general advice for uh, someone that's looking at a line life? <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> hey, it, all those, all those uh, different situations that you bring up um, all have their unique challenges and all have their unique um um, genius that this person may be hardwired to accomplish, you know, that state. But at the same time, if you've never been through those laps or if you're hitting those, those bottleneck points, it's because there's a gap in your systems or your people or your training and a line life is very good at identifying that and empowering you in that space. It's not a cookie cutter approach where every single office and every single doctor has to, you know, be hardwired and practiced in the exact same way. There's some people that are content seeing 200 people a week. There's some people that are content seeing a thousand a week and being able to just identify what your vision is and what you want to accomplish 
Align Life's fantastic, fantastic at providing this, the tools to help you be successful, whatever you get to define success as, you know, that's the, that's the best part. And, 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 and a part that you know, took me forever to identify is, you know, what was success to me? Because all I wanted to do is grow, grow, grow and work harder, work harder. And then, you know, that, that flames out, you burn out in that situation. So whatever success looks like to, you know, the students or the docs on this call right now, Align Life is well equipped to help you execute what that looks like and, and be able to identify those gaps be able to help train, you know, team members and people on your team to help you accomplish that vision and reach those goals faster and not level out and not stay in that lull that I was in for, you know, years and years because I pulled back thinking I could do it all on my own. You may be able to, but why? <laughs> why spend all that time and, and energy and struggle trying to figure it out on your own or do it a way that you're trying to figure it out on the fly as opposed to import, import, employing brilliant people who know what to do and how to help you execute it? That's awesome. Great insight. And I appreciate talking about, you know, their individuality because we really made a change. We used to define success for doctors and be like, this is success. And we decided we can't do that. So over the last two years, when we're talking with new doctors or students, we talk about helping them define their success. Like you mentioned, it's like, what is it? Can we help you build what you want? And it's odd conversation. Like, well, what do you mean what I want? I'm like, well, it's your vision. It's not mine. I used to tell you your vision, but I realized that's pretty silly. <laughs> so yeah. now we actually, it's fun because we get to sit down with a new doctor and like whiteboard out what they want and see their vision on paper. And of course it can change over a year or two. It will change. <laughs> it will change, right? But to have that creativity to, to document and be like, and let them feel their inspiration, it really uh, is heartwarming to me to, to be able to get behind their authentic vision and be like, come on, just give it to me lay it out and then we talk back to the team and say can we deliver this and it's like yes or no so it's such a a, a new modified way that we're approaching i really love it and that answer that i mentioned you know it's obviously very myopic to you know um a specific practice and what that specific practice needs but the other cool thing about align life is it's fun to be on on the journey with other like-minded docs and it's really neat to you know well when i started like you know i was the brand new baby and i remember that you know docs that were been in the profession for decades and um, like looking at these people like there's no way I'm going to be able to get to that level. <laughs> and then now like being 10 years in being able to look at the young docs coming out of school and seeing the stages that they're at and I can visually like I can remember being at those states and um, you know people you know uh, mentors of mine like you and, and others you know would, would future pace for me and say all right here's where you're at now here's what the next level is and I couldn't believe that for myself, but there's no way I couldn't trust people telling me that. And the ability to be able to see those younger docs coming up and be able to do that same is so much fun too. It's one thing to be a doc and serving our patients and falling in love with their outcomes. It's a whole nother thing to be able to look back and figure out, you know, and see the profession and, and the future of that profession and trying to help them uh, reach their goals too is a whole nother thing. And that's the Align Life culture is is brilliant at, at, at identifying and, and helping docs individually, but also um, together to try and better the profession. And that's what I think um, you deserve a lot of recognition for building. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's the tribe that that really inspires me is I always wanted to sit back and watch the brilliance of the room. And, and lately I've had that opportunity where we have our national convention, people are getting up speaking and I'm taking notes, people inside of <laughs> organization who are inspired, lit up on a vision, making great impact to their communities. And they're, they're speaking at the convention that I put together. And I literally grabbed a pen and started writing notes. Cause I'm like, 
this is brilliant. It's like there is brilliance inside of this tribe. So I've really matured through that cycle like you did in practice. I've done in, in Align Life uh, when you said pull back yourself with your team and allow the brilliance and the genius of the team showcase themselves. I'm starting to do that even within the tribe. And it's it's hard to let go or like, is this going to go okay? Is everyone going to like it? Are they going to get mad that I'm not presenting? And people said, I got such great feedback when people inside. But it's the same journey, right? What you're, And maybe it's a journey in all professions and all walks of life. Maybe it's the journey in our profession, personal relationship, our intimate relationships, or the journey with our children is that maybe we pull back a little. Maybe we become better listeners or better. Uh, maybe we're the Sherpa or the guide, but we may not be uh, the chief and the dictator, right? So I think it's a lesson learned in our path of life, not just our path in practice, right? Yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah, this is this doesn't have to be a chiropractic specific conversation. Anybody can listen to this and employ it and 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 find um, leverage in this space. Awesome. Well, we'll close up for today. That was a really great conversation, Brian. We'll have you on again talking about other uh, topics on your journey and uh, looking forward to the launch of your new practice. Thanks, brother. Looking forward to it too. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Align Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Centers. If you're interested in creating your dream practice or want to know more about Align Life, go to alignlifepodcast.com.